Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Owner to Owner podcast. My name is Felicia Harris, and I have the honor of being your host this morning. Now, you already know, owning a company is complex. There are a zillion moving parts. And when you bring employees into the picture, things get even more complex. Whether you have one employee or 10,000 employees, it can be a challenge to keep it all running smoothly. And that's where everything HR come in. We do one thing, HR. We're human capital experts. We're problem solvers. We make things simpler. And through this complimentary podcast, it's designed to provide you with the latest HR and financial trends. Whether you do business in your home state or across the United States, you'll be able to call in and talk with HR and professionals, financial professionals, about the issues that keep you up at night. And more importantly, you'll hear best practices from other business owners that have been in your shoes. Now, This morning, we're continuing our COVID-19 series with our podcast. It's designed to provide you with some best practices as well as some things that you can probably think about to see if it will work in your business. This is a time that all of us as business owners, we're all experiencing the very same challenges. And so being able to talk about what things may and may not work is something that uh, we want to put front and center and provide you with that information. It seems like a very long time ago that we were just looking at um, what are the employee reduction options that we have. You know, what's the best way to protect our, our employees and provide them with the best benefits that we can possibly provide for them. And so we went through that whole process of, Do I lay them off? Do I furlough them? And what's the difference between the two? And we jumped right from there and went right into here's all these loans and grants that were thrown at us, and we're hurrying up and we're trying to to apply for that because it will be a benefit for us and for our business. And do recognize that if there is no business, there is no employment or jobs for anyone. And so those were things that, that were definitely necessary that we do that we can prepare a place for employees to come back to um, as well. But however, with some of those uh, things that were a goodwill, um, unintentionally it created friction um, or can, can create a problem between the employer and the employees where you have employees that are actually making more money uh, staying at home than actually working. And so I want to talk about two of those programs that was uh, presented to us as business owners um, to take advantage of in order for us to, you know, provide for our employees uh, during this time of this pandemic. And so the first thing that I wanted to talk about was obviously the PPP. We all know that back in February, legislation was passed for the PPP. Um, We do know in the beginning of this month, April, which seems like 
a year ago uh, that uh, we all were in a mad dash and a scramble to apply for it. Some of us uh, were told not to worry about it. Funds are not going to work, run out. And so um, for many uh, business owners, they did not get the opportunity to receive funds from the first round of the PPP. And so they spent the rest of the time trying to get all of their documents and everything together and who you were going to apply with to try and be ready for this second round. Um, with that came the reality uh, more so that you ended up competing um, with the PUA, the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. That is the $600 um, that employees or self-employed um, or 1099 uh, workers or sole proprietors obtain from the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance. That is in effect from April 1st all the way through the end of July. And so um, comes along the PPP, um, basically designed to cover eight weeks of your employees' compensation. Um, the loan amount was providing you with up to two and a half times your monthly payroll expenses. Um, it is sponsored by the SB itself. It was designed for those small business owners that have 500 employees or less. Now, um, with that came some of the provisions and some of the terms for it to convert from a 1% loan. So let's discuss the terms. It was a 1% loan. Um, it is a two-year term loan, and all the payments are deferred for up to six months. And no collateral was required whatsoever. Uh, do understand that the payroll costs were capped at those that were $100,000 annual uh, income per employee. And the uh, payroll costs could not exceed $10 million. Okay. And so in order for this loan, which I will not, I do not want to overlook, um, had they came out with just that as being a loan to us at 1%, I think all of us would have been very excited because recognizing we cannot get a 1% loan anywhere in six months um, deferral. And so whether or not you end up meeting the criteria for it to be forgivable, the loan in and of itself is awesome. So that can be used as working capital for yourself. And so I know ultimately all of our goal is to try to meet uh, the forgivable portion there of the loan. And so in order for the loan to be forgiven, we must use at least 75% of the loan must be on payroll expenses. The other 25% can be used for your mortgages or interest on your mortgage or your rent or your utilities. Now, based on that criteria, um, they expect you to uh, maintain or quickly rehire your employees or bring them back off of furlough and to maintain your same wage levels um, after that eight weeks of the origination of your loan. Okay, 
So with that being said, um, for some right now, we do understand that we cannot, uh, may not be able to open up all at once. You know, as soon as you call your employees back, there may not be eight hours of work for you to provide for each of your employees a day. And so coming up with 40 hours a week uh, may be difficult. Looking at the entire uh, P3, um, the PPP, uh, for employees and what the criteria is, there are some gray areas that are there. Um, we can, uh, you know, take a look at the intent of the loan is what I'm trying to try and focus on. Um, there are some gray areas. Uh, there because they do not actually state that uh, the employees had to be on a complete 40 hours. In fact, 30 hours is considered to be full-time. And so uh, during the process of us trying to put together a uh, calculator so that individuals can keep track of their PPP loan, and making sure that they did meet that 75% criteria when their uh, evaluation period came up, um, there were some questions that arose with us. And so I began to shoot out some emails uh, to individuals um, looking for a response because, uh, like I said, for a lot of employers, you do not have 40 hours worth of work in order to bring the employees back um, to work. And so the, you know, the option of use, utilizing WorkShare and what WorkShare is, uh, it is a program is designed for uh, employers to maintain their operational productivity during declines in regular business activity instead of furloughing your employees. Um, with the plan, rather than the employees being furloughed or laid off, eligible employees would see a reduced number of hours in the work week and receive a portion of weekly unemployment benefits um, in exchange for that. Um, the, by participating in the WorkShare program, um, obviously, employers are able to retain um, all of their employees and avoid the expense of recruiting and hiring and training and uh, obviously having a, a dislocated uh, workforce during this pandemic. WorkShare, um, if you are on the WorkShare program, do understand WorkShare allows you, uh, the employer, um, to as a group, depending on your departments, as long as you have two individuals and uh, you have been reporting uh, unemployment for 12 consecutive quarters for your business in order to qualify for WorkShare. There's some other qualifications that's on there and there's an entire worksheet um, on our website at everythinghr.net that you can take a look and make sure your company meets that criteria for WorkShare. One of the things about WorkShare, if your employees are placed on WorkShare, they get the opportunity to receive 
the pandemic unemployment assistance, that PUA, that extra $600 from April till July, along with the ability to um, receive the earnings that you had. So maybe you cut their hours by uh, eight hours. They went from a 40-hour work week down to a 32-hour work week. Okay. So the employees potentially could actually still um, be receiving more, you know, income uh, utilizing work share than utilizing uh, just the unemployment in and of itself. Uh, work share would have been perfect for those that have obtained the PPP. In one of the emails and exchanges that I had um, with an individual, they thought it was, you know, definitely something that we could utilize and use um, to account for the PPP because you still have your payroll expenses. And so that would have solved the problem for employers and employees. However, since I like more than one source, I began to uh, reach out to others. Um, Finally, I got to someone that actually sent it out or presented the question to the SBA lenders uh, on yesterday. Uh, They came back to me um, with their response that stated that the PPP um, was designed for employers to actually uh, call back all of their employees that they may have laid off or furloughed, or if they terminate them, rehire them and bring them back onto the payroll. Um, That does uh, create a problem for the employer and the employee. They stated that I sent an email back regarding the question of, obviously, uh, most employers right now are not opening back their business up at the same revenue levels and the same amount of, uh, you know, business that they had prior to the the closing and the stay-at-home order. Uh, They stated that, you know, it really didn't matter. You can go ahead and pay employees uh, the 40 hours of work, regardless of whether or not they worked uh, those hours. Um, most of you may and may not know me, but for those that you that do know me, know that that was just like uh, an unbelievable response for me. Not the person is off is awesome. So first, let me say that um, the person that provided me with this information. I very much value their opinion, and I know this person would do everything in their power um, to help any small business at any point in time. And they did not write the legislation or anything like that, so I just want to make clear I'm not complaining about the person that provided me with the information. Um, It's someone I very highly regard. Um, I just wasn't happy with, you know, the response. It happens. And so... Uh, that information um, of paying the employees regardless of whether or not they worked it or not, um, all of us know, at least we should know, we've been in business long enough, that that will definitely come back to haunt you. That's, an, you know, for me hearing that and reading that, the first thing I think of is 
wow, I, there's no way that I can encourage my employees to commit time clock fraud, right? Because essentially, that's what that is. I'm encouraging you to write hours down that you worked, or I'm reporting hours saying that you worked, that you did not work. And so as um, a compliance person, that just does not sit well with me. And so um, I've added to my day uh, the opportunity to kind of reach out to the DOL, um, put a letter together, and try to discuss it with someone The ultimate goal for me today is hopefully being able to reach someone to say or to give her a a green light to say work share is permissible because it puts the employer and the employee on the same side of the table as well as so that the employee continues to win. I don't care about someone that gets the opportunity to throw a couple extra bucks in their pocket. Go for it. Okay. But obviously, no employer wants to go ahead and call the employees back um, to work. And if that employee decides that they do not want to come back to work, then obviously we go through the process of terminating them. Once we terminate them, then obviously they're no longer eligible for unemployment at all. Um, Just so that um, you do know, um, and uh, there has been rulings, Um, that has come out on the guidance um, under the EEOC and the DOL that fear of coming back to work is not an excuse for an employee to not return. Um, However, if that employee has received a note from their doctor and stating they have issues with anxiety, that is a reason that the employee can give you and you cannot terminate them. Um, for that and do know so they have to have a legitimate reason back with documentation by a physician in order for them not to return okay so some of the ideas I want to toss around uh, with you is going to be geared with how can we get the employer and the employee back on the same side of the table even though unintentionally um, this PPP loans and the other grants and things that are out there kind of pitted us in a very awkward position um, that our businesses right now are not really able to take advantage of the incentives and the intent in which these grant and loans were offered to us. And so, number one, there's always a question I tell business owners to ask their employees. What is it that you can do that I don't know that you can do? This may help you, you know, think about your business in a whole nother process. They're doing the work. I started out um, doing these episodes and telling you staying in constant communication with your employees during this time frame would be vital. And it's more vital now than ever. Um, I would talk to your employees about these different grants and loans. I'm not telling you to be, you know, open book management completely with it, but talk to them about it because right now all of you are in this together. And so um, let's try to come up with creative ways how we can survive together and take this opportunity to relationship build with them. 
And so after asking them those questions, if there is something that they can do and provide, that may be something that increases the hours uh, for your organization. Number two, the next thing that you can probably try and take a look at is hazard pay. Do you want to provide them with hazard pay during this time frame? Example, going back to the work share. The work share would have reduced their hours um, by, you know, from a 40-hour work week down to a 32-hour work week. Do you want to provide them with hazard pay for those eight hours to meet your PPP um, deadline? And so that the employee um, also is somewhat made whole by giving up that PUA. And so I would look at coming up with some type of bonus structure so that the employee is made whole, okay? Um, so if they're taking home 962 and they're feeling like um, taking home that 962 is much better than what I would be making uh, there working, how do you match that? And so I would say use hazard pay for right now in order to match that. Um, I can definitely promise you that uh, if throughout the day I, I get somewhere with the DOL um, on there or EEOC and contacting them and trying to present the case to, uh, you know, to them on how, you know, encouraging employers to have their employees commit time clock fraud um, is not a very good idea. And that may be work share, which is something that was in the CARES Act that states were um, actually applauded for having and um, receive extra benefits for having, that that's a much better route and puts employers and employees on the same side of the table is a win-win for everyone um, is my ultimate goal of trying to convince them. Um, so there may be some of you business owners that I might reach out there to that if they want a letter and some um, stories about um, how this uh, award and how this PPP um, may uh, pit you and the employees against each other or whatever stories that you may have, I may ask you to send those to me. As a matter of fact, I will change that and ask you to send those to me because if you're able to send those to me, then I'm able to forward those along. Um, again, I uh, applaud the effort that was and the intent that was behind these programs, but I don't think that anyone ever thought um, that it would put us in this position uh, to uh, be on the opposite sides of the table with our employees. Again, um, the PPP. Um, if we take a look at the PPP, um, it runs out in eight weeks, right? Um, if you are someone that received it in the first round, um, your employee base, that if you had to call them back, most likely never got the opportunity to accept uh, the uh, PUA, the $600 um, additional compensation. And so... By the time that runs out, guess what? That PUA is over. And if you're still not back at the same revenue level where you can continue to 
um, carry the employees and carry the business, then they have to be laid off. And if they are laid off at that point in time, um, the PEA runs out at the end of July. They may and may not receive that month's compensation uh, for the program, depending on when they actually file and when you actually um, may end up laying them off. For those of us that may have uh, received the uh, PPP during this second round of funding, our evaluation period will come up just about the time frame that the PUA has ended altogether. Then we place our employees on um, unemployment, and for the state of Michigan, they only receive $362, and that's if based on that employee making $3,744 uh, in consecutive quarters. That's it. They do not get the opportunity to have uh, the 962 per week. And so that's why uh, I am uh, looking at trying to find someone to be able to bring that to their intention. Uh, I don't believe, as I stated, I will state again, I don't believe that anyone took this under consideration when they created the programs. The intent of it was to help the employers and help the employees and so that the employer and the employees stay connected and that there were not um, any dislocated workers at the end um, of this. And so, again, my recommendation um, to you would be to try to come up with some type of hazard pay for your employees so that in some way with the utilizing the PPP that they are made whole. Um, it, obviously, it's going to take some planning on your part, and that is um, really up to you to do that during this time frame. Um, maybe stop and take the time to plan out um, how are you going to do business uh, when you do reopen? How, what changes does that look like? Um, also, for those of us that are here in the state of Michigan, there is a new grant that came out to assist you with the PPE that employees are going to need um, up to 5000 um, because do understanding that when you do return, most likely there are going to be requirements on employers to make sure that their employees have the proper PPE to protect them um, from employees themselves. They're still going to have to maintain a good six feet apart, as well as most likely wear masks and as well as have gloves. And so uh, taking the opportunity to, to walk, uh, talk that through with your employees um, during this time, and maybe you utilize that time as being part of the off-site work hours that employees have. Take advantage of all of the things that you're not able to do during normal business um, hours or, or productivity um, pre-COVID, um, things that need to get done or should be done. Um, take the opportunity to have that uh, done now during your PPP award. Again, for all of you that do have uh, scenarios of 
uh, your PPP and uh, the battle between the calling employees back to work, please email those to me at support at everythinghrfs.net. Again, it's support at everythinghrfs.net. I will truly attach those emails um, and forward those emails on to the individuals that I plan on contacting today, including uh, the individual uh, that presented uh, the question um, to an entire group of SBA lenders. Um, And so they kind of had a discussion but by this not being done in person, I want to make sure they understand um, the position that it puts employers in with their employees. And so if you uh, want to be a part of the solution, again, send me an email at everything, uh, excuse me, at support at everythinghrfs.net, and I will definitely attach Um, your scenario um, to our request and putting together something that uh, they can look at and maybe make a provision where WorkShare um, can still be utilized for the employees and WorkShare can be used to satisfy the PPP um, too as well. Um, Some of the horror stories that I have heard is that there are uh, employers that did receive the first round of the uh, PPP. However, uh, they do not feel that they're going to be able to survive after the PPP. Um, They feel that all they're going to be left to do is to relay off their employees. And so um, that is something, have an open discussion with your employees about it. Again, receiving that PPP um, as a 1% loan, that's not a bad decision. That's not a bad thing. We will not be able to get a 1% loan anywhere and with all the other terms in in which it has. And so um, look at that. Um, Realize that you're not a failure. Um, You are an overcomer. And I started out uh, this uh, podcast specials on the COVID-19 and stating that if you have your life, you are able to overcome anything. And so I want to end the program on that note. If you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out to me. I am doing the best I can to provide you with as much information Um, as possible, and hopefully, as I stated, that it will be something that you will be able to use. Again, thank you so very much for joining me this morning, and I look forward to you joining us again on next week. Have a very, very good day.